All right, welcome back. Uh, sorry for missing last week. There was just nothing going on in basketball, and I was pretty busy. So, I mean, I didn't really have time if I was going to do anything, do extra research. So, I just said I'm not going to do it last week, but we are back for this week. I have uh, two segments for you. We're going to talk about Immaculate Grid and stuff like that, the new game that I think is kind of taking the internet by storm for different sports but now it's back for now it's in for basketball and then uh we're going to talk about everything going on with Bronny James and uh, other uh things about heart conditions and basketball so let's go ahead and get into it you're listening to the assist with Trevor Hart okay so for those of you that do not know immaculate grid it's something that i have been seeing for like past three or four weeks on Twitter, a lot of people have been doing it with baseball. That's how it really started. And what it is, is that it would be, to give an example, you would have to name someone who played for the Yankees and the Reds. And you have to give it a guess. You get, and it's a whole three by three grid. And there's, so there's three categories for each row and column a category for each row and each column so there's nine players you can guess and the main goal only i mean and you only have nine guesses so i mean you have to get every one of them right or else you just don't finish it but another big goal is that once you find someone then you try to figure out who else can it be because you try to get the least similarity score possible um and i've been seeing this on twitter and every time i'm like god why is this it for basketball i go to the website it's only it was only for baseball at the time um and even like they were partnered with maybe not partner but i mean they were working with baseball reference to get make sure that you know this is all accurate and all that and uh, I found an article because I was like, I have to do this. Like, I just need something. I want to do it. Um, and it's, I always like doing stuff for, like, daily tasks. Um, I, like, just doing games that just have something daily. It's part of my routine. If, if it's good enough, it will become part of my routine for a long time. So I was like, I got to do it. So I found, I forget what article it was, but it was telling, it said, like, what best website was for each sport. And one was Crossover Grid, in which they've added NFL, NHL, and football, or soccer stuff. So, um, and I've been having a blast with it. I mean, it's just been great. On my, uh, excuse me, on my whole thing for today, on Thursday of the 27th, um, I did pretty good on similarity score. I mean... My score is a 68.79, which just adds up all the percentages together. So, like, Lakers and Bulls player, Dennis Rodman. I knew, and this really, I think I have, maybe not an unfair advantage, but I think I have an advantage because of the episodes I've done with all prime teams. This is a perfect thing for that. Because Dennis Rodman was on my all prime Lakers roster. Now, I already knew... Rodman was on the Lakers because he was on a Sports Illustrated cover as when he was with the Lakers. And I believe I have that somewhere in here. I have so many, so many Sports Illustrated's. Um, 
it's kind of ridiculous, but I, I mean, I get them for pretty cheap. So, I mean, it's a pretty good investment in my opinion. Um, now I'm sounding like all those sports card people from 2020, 2021. I mean, it's like, man, I would, I would sell all my Steph Curry and buy in on Zach Levine. Did you see how good he was in the all-star game? That was a, if you haven't listened to my sports cards episode, uh, I, I recommend it. I really do like that episode. Um, Mavericks and Lakers player, Lamar Odom. 4% of people guess Lamar Odom, 15% guess Dennis Rodman, which is pretty good. I mean, because he's not the first option, you know. Um, Lakers player who also had eight plus assists a game in a single season, I put Steve Nash, that's 11%. Bulls and Warriors players, I had Jordan Bell, 6.2%. The and Mavericks Warriors. First person I thought of was Steve Alford, and I knew it was like, all right, that's gonna be a low enough similarity similarity score. I got the lowest score I've ever had. I'm actually gonna take a screenshot because this might disappear. Zero point zero four seven percent of people guessed Steve Alford. I knew Steve Alford played for the Mavericks. He was drafted by them. It was a whole big deal. When Reggie Miller was drafted by the Pacers over Steve Alford, even if Steve Alford went like 12 picks later, there's there's old videos of people standing outside like an IGA saying how disappointed they were and that they weren't going to watch the Pacers because their hometown son, Steve Alford, which I get, he's from Indiana, he, but he's from Newcastle. It's not like Indianapolis. Indianapolis is close enough. But um, they're like so upset. That they didn't get Steve Alford. That they're like, I'm, I'm just, I'm very, I'm so disappointed in the Pacers. I really wanted them to get Steve Alford, <laughs> and like Steve Alford did nothing really. And I mean, and Reggie Miller's, you know, a Hall of Famer, and at one point in time was the best three point shooter ever. So I'm alright with that. But a point zero four seven percent similarity score. I think is awesome. And then Warriors with eight plus assists per game in a single season is Tim Hardaway, 14%. Chicago Bulls player born outside of the U.S., Luol Deng, 8%. The Mavericks born outside of the U.S. is J.J. Barea, 6.1%. And eight plus assists a game in a single season born outside of the U.S. I had Jose Calderon for 5.5%. So I had that website. Then I think like... Okay, three days ago, Immaculate Grid announced, or maybe Basketball Reference announced on their Twitter, hey, go play Immaculate Grid. We have it. And it's tougher on this one because when on Crossover Grid, when it's just eight-plus assists per game in a single season, it's just they just had to do that at any point in their career, not with a certain team. On Immaculate Grid, since with Basketball Reference, they can do stat head stuff. And it's five plus assists per game for a qualified season. So it has to be with the team. They had to average five plus assists a game. So for that, starting out going to the left over, Pacers and Sixers player, I went with Evan Turner for 7%. Uh, Bucks Sixers went with Moses Malone. That I mean, again, those the whole um, 
all prime lineups come in clutch with that, but I really know a lot of Moses' career, so I know the stops he's been to. So most of the time, if it's Sixers in a random team that I know Moses play for, Sixers Hawks, Sixers Wizards, because he was with the Bullets, Sixers Bucks, um, Sixers Clippers, because he was with the Braves for like a game. Um, there's no, Oh, Sixers Spurs, he was there right at the end of his career. There's a lot that he could do with that. And then Sixers, five-plus assists per game for a qualified season. Maurice Cheeks at 9%. Most Malone was 3% similarity. Indiana Pacers, Portland Trailblazers. I think I thought I screwed up here I because I was like, God, Evan Turner would have worked for that too. But then out of nowhere, I remembered just a random sports card that I had. Fred Jones. Z- 0.5%. Got it. I was unable to come up with anyone for Trailblazers Bucks. I put Pau Gasol, but I don't think he played games with the Trailblazers. I mean, there's different ways you can check. It That's the other thing I like about this website. It, it, you can check to see if you're right. Yeah, it doesn't have Pau Gasol in here, obviously. Um... Okay, well, I just hit the back button. So I'll go over here. Back to my grid. Um, five plus assists per game for the trail, Trailblazers in a qualified season. Terry Porter, 9%. Kind of surprised me. I think a lot of people went with Dame because it'll show you like the most common. Damian Lillard, 59%. But Terry Porter only having 9% of guesses is kind of crazy to me. Um, Clippers, Pacers. Went with Danny Granger. A lot of people went with Paul George. Um, yeah. Couldn't think of anyone for Bucks Clippers, unfortunately. As soon as it ended, Eric Bledsoe was the one I thought of, and it was the most common. And this one really surprised me. Five plus assists per game in a qualified season with for the Clippers. Ron Harper, 0.7% of people guessed that. That's insane to me. Ron Harper, I mean, he's... Did he start his career with the Clippers? or Because I think he went Clippers, then Cavs. Uh, Harper. Ron Harper. No, he started out in Cleveland. He was in L.A. for one, two, four and a half seasons. I mean, it's not like he was there and it was a one-off thing. I mean, like, he played two years with the Lakers, and I think people would probably think of that more because that was the Kobe Shaq era. But, I mean, that was, like, that was one of the first ones I thought of, and I'm like, yeah, I'll go with it. And it was only 0.7% of people. That's just crazy to me. So... Uh, I love Immaculate Grid. It really does make me think. <laughs> like, if I I wake up in the morning, if I and I'll have like an hour before I have to start doing stuff, um, I will just I will sit there eating breakfast or getting ready, and I'm just thinking, oh my God, who played for the Raptors and <laughs> like the Spurs? And I like get upset sometimes when I can't think of it. Um, a lot of times I just have to go back 
I don't listen back, but I will, like, try to find, try to remember my old rosters that I've made. And I'm like, okay, did that guy do anything? Oh, yeah, Grant Hill played for the Pistons and Suns. And so, yeah, I kind of have to do that. Um, so I really enjoy it. Um, if you haven't played it, just play it. You can play your Immaculate Grid or Crossover Grid. I do both because I'm crazy like that so I just do both and it's just really it's a fun way to just look at players and you just be like oh yeah he played for both those teams it's a fun memory exercise for me and for me it's it's another way to just flex how much useless knowledge I know about basketball so um yeah I enjoy it I might post my grids on Twitter. I've seen people do that for baseball. Um, so if people would want to see that, I'll do it. But um yeah, it's just a lot of fun to do. So uh yeah, that's immaculate that's the immaculate grid talk. So uh now we're gonna get into a not so light subject. Okay, so out of nowhere, Monday rolls in. ESPN notification hits me. Bronny James was in a hospital because he had a because he was practicing at USC and he had a he had cardiac arrest, so he was rushed to the hospital. And I never like to be. I don't. I don't know if morbid is the correct term, but like. Anytime heart stuff in basketball comes in, I think Hank gathers, you know, that's just the first thing I think of. I hate that it's the first thing I think of, obviously other than like, God, I hope he's okay. I'm glad that like, you know, they were, he, it was, came out that he was in stable condition. I was happy for that. But then in basketball terms, you think, oh God, Hank, um, just a ton of other things. Hank is the main one, but I mean, that's just like, then you start to think about what happened with Hank Gathers. Um, the, everything that, that was going on with him, the story behind it is insane. So I'm glad Bronny is okay. And people, and I've heard that doctors say that they're, uh, very they're I think they're, the word was encouraged by how well he's doing. Um, but God have, this has just happened before. And there's just things where I just hope people listen to what has happened before. I do this with about anything. History is such an important thing to know because it can really show you patterns, um, of stuff that can go on currently. I mean, it's it's just a great tool. I love I've always loved history. Like outside of basketball. Like I know basketball history quite a bit. Um I just love US history, world history. I love it. Um and again, it it you can see patterns just showing with this. So let's talk about Hank Gathers. Hank Gathers was Trying to get to the NBA. He was playing at Loyola Marymount. Him and Bo Kimball, his best friends out of Philly, 
they originally went to USC. They left because USC was giving... I think they just took away their varsity status. So, I mean, they took away their scholarship. So, they go to Loyola Marymount where they're being coached by Paul Westhead. who And this is like 1988 when they get there. Paul Westhead won the championship with the Lakers, the first Showtime championship in 1980 when he was replacing Jack McKinney, I believe. Um, Let me see here. Lakers. Do, 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 do. 79-80. Yeah, Jack McKinney. Um, And he took over for McKinney because he was in a bike accident. Um, So Paul Westhead takes over. And Paul Westhead, before he was coaching in the NBA or as an assistant coach, he was a English professor. He taught Shakespeare. The thing at Temple. I think he taught Shakespeare at Temple. Um, but he knew basketball. So after he takes over for McKinney, because he was the assistant coach, he gets canned, so he goes to Loyola Marymount. I just watched um, the 30 for 30 Guru of Go in preparation for this, so I, this is all very fresh to me. Um, but Hank Gathers in his junior year leads the NCAA in points and rebounds. I think the second player to ever do that. Um, and he gets to his senior year. Believe. Let me let me just go over here. I'm going to the Wikipedia page because. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, December 9th, uh, he collapsed against UC Santa Barbara. It was thought that he had an abnormal heartbeat. And I believe the term that they were using in the documentary was... I, I This doesn't sound right, but I've, I'm pr- I think I heard it right. It was They called it like athlete's heart, something like that. Which I guess is kind of like athlete's foot. Not every athlete has it but it's probably something that only happens or generally happens with athletes. That would be my assumption. So they have an abnormal, he, they say he has an abnormal heartbeat. Um, so to give him medication, uh, his former coach at USC tells him, you need to listen to what these doctors have to say. You don't cut corners. You don't do anything. Do what they say. Um, so I think three games later, Gathers comes back, but he's sluggish. The medication they gave him just made him very tired. He was missing layups that he never, never missed layups like that. Um, was just not himself on the court. So I believe he talks to doctors they get him to lower the dosage, and so he comes back. Then on March 4th in the WCC tournament, and you can, there's a video of it. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart at all, but 
you know, Hank Gathers gets an alley-oop, slams it, no problem. I mean, Hank Gathers doing what he do, doing what he did. He's a All-American. Um, and th- there was, like, a little timeout going on. So, he is, he, like, runs into someone, and, like, the casual, like, pass by, oh, my bad, kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, he, you see his weight shift, and he just falls. He collapses. After that, he later that day in the hospital, he's pronounced dead. And after he was, you know, after it was announced, the WCC canceled the tournament. Loyal Marymount already had the regular season championships, so they got the automatic bid. Their team takes it to go to the NCAA tournament, and they make it to the Elite Eight. And Bo Kimball, where this, there's two, Bo Kimball, who's his best friend, as I mentioned. They're both from Philly. They both went to the same high school. They both went to USC together. They both go to Little Marymount together. In his senior season, Hank Gathers was so bad at shooting free throws that he switched hands. He went from a right-handed shot to a left-handed shot on free throws. Just because that was the one thing they could knock on him if he wanted to get into the NBA. So in their first NCAA tournament game, Bo Kimball gets fouled and he tells people, first free throw, this first free throw here, I'm going to shoot left hand for Hank. And I think it was more just like, well, and it's, it's a tribute. It don't expect it to go in or anything. He shoots it nothing but net. It's one of the greatest moments in NCAA tournament history. Um, it's just so powerful and emotional to, and to think that, you know, this guy lost his best friend, you know, not even a month ago and he killed it in the tournament and they made it to the elite eight and they lost to UNLV who would win that year. And we're talking a scary UNLV team, Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, um, Anderson Hunt. Greg Anthony, that UNLV team with Tarkanian on the bench, chewing towels. So, autopsy later finds that he had, I'm going to try to say this right, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And this, from here on out, when Anything heart-related happens in basketball. You think of Hank Gathers, and then you, then when it's very bad, it's hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Now, I wasn't necessarily going to talk about this, but as this week with every other week, for the most part, I look up this day in basketball history. And on the day I'm recording this, July 27th, In 1993, Reggie Lewis dies at the age of 27. He's a one-time All-Star. He was the All-Star in 91-92. Reggie Lewis, over the summer, is practicing at Brandeis University. And he collapses and dies. 
earlier in that regular season, Reggie Lewis collapses against the Charlotte Hornets. He gets up and walks off on his own power. Kind of the same way Hank Gathers did in his first collapse. Reggie Lewis's first thoughts after he passed out was Hank Gathers. It was three years prior when that happened. So when he's practicing and then he collapses, it was tragic. And I was reading a Sports Illustrated article. Again, I have a lot of Sports Illustrated, and I have the one of when Reggie Lewis died. If I can find it. The warning signs, unfortunately, were there. So this is by E.M. Swift. came out on August 9th, 1993. A city in mourning. Since his collapse on April 29th, he had been examined by three teams of cardiologists, two in Boston and one in Los Angeles. Their conclusions range from Dr. Gilbert Mudge's optimistic assessment on May 10th that Lewis's heart was a normal athlete's heart. Does that sound familiar a little bit? And that he had suffered from a relatively benign fainting condition called neurocardiogenic synecope. To the diagnosis by the so-called cardiological dream team assembled by Celtics team doctor Arnold Scheller. According to the Dream Team, Lewis's heart was susceptible to ventricular arrhythmia, a potentially lethal condition that, in 1990, had led to the death of Loyola Marymount basketball star Hank Gathers. It was Gathers who Lewis first thought of after his initial collapse. Third team of four cardiologists from L.A. had agreed with parts of both diagnoses and had determined that further tests were necessary for Lewis should be allowed to, to play basketball. Even without diagnosis, diagnosis, excuse me, Lewis's death came wrapped in, in a warning. Two warnings, if one includes the spell of dizziness and disorientation on March 24th that led to Lewis's being, Lewis being removed from a game in Boston against Miami Heat, leaving friends, family, teammates, doctors, and fans with a disquieting feeling, and Lewis's fate might somehow have been averted. Quote, It's not like Reggie was in a car accident, said Kevin McHale, Lewis's former Celtic teammate. The real tragedy is that right now we should be sitting around saying Reggie has a pacemaker and can't play basketball, and that's really sad. Instead, we have to sit and mourn him. So warning signs are there for Reggie Lewis, unfortunately. And the thing that really, I think, strikes me is that this takes people out when they're on the rise. Hank Gathers was going to be in the NBA. There was no To me, based on what everyone was saying, and if you watch his highlights, good God, he was going to be an NBA player. He had so much potential to do it. He wanted to do it. That's all he wanted to do. He wanted to pay his mom back for everything she did, get her a house, have a good life, and also give back to his community in which he grew up in, in the ghetto. In Philly. North Philly. 
and it's just taken away from him after a not so great assessment of his heart that can that allowed him to continue. <sighs> Same with Reggie Lewis. Reggie Lewis is a one-time All-Star, definitely on the rise. To, supposed to be a next great Celtic. Never happened. Again, because someone said, "Oh, you're fine. You have you're in perfect condition." It's just this random thing that happens. To where some of the best are saying, dude, learn from Hank Gathers. You need to stop. And another team saying, hey, we're not we're not sure, but don't play until we know for sure. And a bunch of people heeded that warning. I remember Purdue had a player, Jay Simpson, who, let me pull up college basketball reference here. Jay Simpson. He only played two years for Purdue. His first year only played 10 games. Didn't start any. Averaged 2.6 points per game. In his sophomore year, he played 26 games. Started seven. Averaging 12 minutes a game. 4.3 points. He fainted. During, I believe, a Wisconsin game. And he didn't even remember, like, passing out. Because I think I read the article yesterday where Coach Painter asked him if he was alright. And he said, yeah, I'm fine. And he had no idea he passed out. What do they find out after some tests? It's the same thing. Hypertropic cardiomyopathy. And that was the end. There was no, well, if you take these steps, you can... No, it was over. Now, I'm not saying Bronny has the same thing, but... Again, this is a guy who's on the rise. Jay Simpson was becoming a starter for Purdue. And Purdue big men are fairly successful. And he was a big guy, for sure. And pull it up. He was six foot ten, two fifty. Perfect for Matt Painter. Bronny's on the rise. Going to USC. Going with one of the best recruiting cl- classes in college basketball this year. He's LeBron James's son. The pressure alone on that is enough for someone to say, "Hey, let's take it easy on this." But the fact that he is a top prospect, someone that ESPN, I believe, has as a top 10 pick going into next year's draft. This kid's on the rise. We've been watching this this kid since he was in fifth grade. He's He's been on the rise for so long. And somehow, some may argue he's plateaued, but not a lot. Um... It's just tough to see. I hope that they get a proper diagnosis on him saying what's going on. And if it is this awful condition, I'll say it again. Hypertropic cardiomyopathy. It it needs to be the end. Has to be. 
I've heard so many things. Bo Kimball even said this around when Chris Bosh was having his heart problems. Uh, he had this quote. There's so many other things he could do with his life. Talking about Chris Bosh. Hank Gathers had the same thing. Hank could have been a comedian and an actor or did speaking engagements. It's not worth the risk. It's I would just say absolutely not. Don't do it. Talking about Bosh playing. If Hank had the ability to do it again, he wouldn't have paid the ultimate price. I'm sure Bosch has children that they are going to need their father around as much as possible. Again, there's other stuff you can do. Bronny is part of FaZe Clan. Like, I'm not lying about that. I mean, he was on Sports Illustrated cover with Kyler Murray. He has other avenues. I think Bronny does... Or at least he used to. I don't know if he still does. He does streaming. He t- he does Twitch streaming. There's other avenues. And, I mean, he's helped out a lot by being LeBron's son. But, I mean, you're, you gotta go with the cards you're dealt with in that scenario. Can't play basketball, but I can do this other stuff. I can be great at this other stuff. We're talking about an 18, 19-year-old kit or maybe 17 well if I could type I just put Bryn Ronnie James 18 talking an 18 year old kid he's still gonna go to USC and I don't know I mean I would hope to God if something like this were to happen USC wouldn't take away a scholarship although again with stuff, with the circumstances, might not have to worry about paying for college in terms of, like, you got a lot of money. Also, Bronny can get deals. Again, that FaZe Clan thing, he can partner up with Nike. He can do other things. But if it is hypertropic cardiomyopathy, it needs to be the end. The warning signs are there. It just needs just be it. Learn from the past, see what's happened, and just move on. Again, I like the way Bo, Kim- Bo Kimball said it. It's either play basketball, I mean, it's either quit basketball or pay the ultimate price. It really does seem that, that, it, that all, those are your two options. So... Learn from the past. Just do what's right for you. And your life. So, again, didn't really, those are two contrasting topics, but that is it for this week. I want to thank you for listening. Hoping to be back on a regular schedule. So, that again, that will be it. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, at TheEverHard00, and I'll talk to you next week. Peace.